you're listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. Welcome to Common Grounds, where we are having conversations about the liturgical or Christian calendar. We're currently in ordinary time, or the season after Pentecost. Ordinary time is roughly June through November, and it begins with Trinity Sunday, the week after Pentecost, and concludes with Reign of Christ, or sometimes it's called Christ the King Sunday, which is the week before Advent begins. While Ordinary Time has no major festivals or holy days to celebrate, it is so important for our spiritual formation. Because during Ordinary Time, we focus on deepening our discipleship as we follow the lectionary or scripture readings that tell about the ministry and message of Jesus. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about how the seasons and holy days of the liturgical calendar contribute to discipleship formation, or more specifically, how it affects our relationship with the divine, as well as how we interact with others. Today, our guest is Jason Eyre. Jason lives in southern Utah and participates in the Community of Christ, uh, Utah County House Church. And uh, many of the Project Zion podcasts that are recorded are in response to requests that people have made. And the Common Ground series on the liturgical calendar was a request by Jason. And so we're excited to be talking to you today. So welcome, Jason. Well, thank you, Karen. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's fun to visit with you online. It's a little different, isn't it, than being uh, in the same place. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. So I'm in my mid-40s. I live in southern Utah, as you mentioned before, and uh, I live in a little town called Penguich. It's near Bryce Canyon. I've lived here for a couple of years. Prior to that, I lived in Nashville for about eight years, and then um, prior to living in Nashville, I, I grew up in southern Utah. I grew up in the LDS faith and served a mission in, in the Eugene, Oregon area, which is pretty close to you guys up in the northwest and gave me a great exposure to that part of the country. And I, I currently work in technology. I work with my local school district here and help our students with their Chromebooks and making sure that, that at least the young, young people in my area have access to the best that's available to them. So you mentioned you grew up in the LDS faith. So we connected because um, you asked about the liturgical calendar and, and that became part of the Project Zion podcast as the Common Ground series. So how did you connect then with Community of Christ? Can you tell us just a little bit about how your faith journey has taken you in this direction? Sure. So I, I've been pretty active most of my life in the LDS church. Uh, when I went to church, I usually went for all three hours. And 
In about 2007-2008, I got a calling in, in the LDS church to be the ward clerk, and that meant that I needed to take care of the financial matters of the ward, probably similar to what uh, I think they call a bishop in the community of Christ in some ways, but, but not necessarily a ministry associated with it. But what happened is I needed to attend all the meetings that the leaders attend in the morning, which is about two hours before the three-hour block. And then after the block, I needed to stay and count the tithes and do those types of things. And so what happened is church, for me, went kind of from, you know, a few hours of spiritual formation to almost my second job. And and living in Nashville, the church was a couple of blocks from work. It was the same drive. And, 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 and I just found that my spirituality was really starting to to get lower. And, and I requested to be released from that calling and let my temple recommend expire so that I could try to get back and focus on spirituality. And um, as, as I've grown in life and as, as things have changed, I've, I've learned to value things like diversity and so many things that, that aren't necessarily that present in today's LES Church. Um, I was really, a couple years ago, there were three apostles in the LES Church who passed away within a few weeks of each other. And, you know, they were all people that I had grown up looking up to and, and definitely it had a big impact on my life. And I was really excited to think that, you know, with some of these people who had been there for 20 and 30 years had finally moved on, that this would be a chance for, for the LDS church to really open up and call people from all over the world. And, and really have a quorum of apostles, if you will, that, that reflected the diversity of the world. And the next general conference came, and, and for LDS people, that next general conference is when they fill any openings that have, that have come in the quorums. And the, when general conference came, they called three gentlemen. Uh, these gentlemen probably lived within about a 30-mile radius of Salt Lake City, and were about as not diverse as, as possibly could happen. And it just really caused me to reflect. And then what kind of made that a one-two punch was the exclusionary policy for LGBT individuals came about a month later. And after that time, and I'd moved back to Penguich at this time, and I was serving in a state clerk, which is a technology position. And so I had access to the manuals that would have had those policies and I had access to the parts of the LDS website that were reserved just for the leadership. And so I went and read that policy firsthand. And it was one of the one of the most disappointing days of my life. And so kind of that that one two punch really, really left me feeling wounded. Uh, throughout this time, I had been listening to Mormon stories and was on thrones and some of the LDS podcasts that I don't think that the LDS church would consider that healthy. <laughs> but for me was just a great way to cope with some of the challenges and the struggles. And, and it probably helped move it along as well. But, but what happened is I found myself in a place where, where I really felt that my spiritual life was in shambles and, and that things had really been taken from me and, and a church that, although I did a lot of sleeping in church and I was not the model spiritual person, I, I found that I was coming home from church feeling angry and bitter and hurt. That was just not what church should be. So my spiritual life kind of became shambles at that point. And I started swearing a lot with my inner conversations and and started thinking I would probably tend towards becoming atheist. And during that time, I just sort of 
started doing reflections. Um, I, I travel with my work because I'm in a very rural place and I need to go between schools. And uh, it gives me a lot of time for reflection in some of God's most beautiful country that exists. And with that reflection, I, I realized that I really didn't feel like I was an atheist or an agnostic person and that I needed to put my spiritual life back together. And I wasn't quite sure what to do about that or how to go about that. And uh, one of the podcasts that John Dolan did at that time was had a, talked about a Mormon Spectrum website. I think it's the Sunstone Group that has their Many Ways to Mormon type campaigns. And I started looking to see what was near me. And, and I live in a fairly isolated place, especially by Midwest standards and, and by West Coast standards, because I'm about a couple hours from the major cities. And I did find a Community of Christ congregation in St. George, which is two hours from me. And so I decided that I would use that and join their Facebook group. And so I joined their Facebook group and was introduced to a, a young lady named Emily Rose and Nancy Ross and some of the members of the St. George congregation. Emily shared with me that there were other podcasts that some members who had started that congregation actually did. And I started listening to their podcasts and found them to be really interesting. And it was great because Emily was on one of her podcasts. And, and what happened is that led me to... Uh, not just Community of Christ, but also to the Project Zion podcast. And what I found was that the Project Zion podcast was such a safe and enjoyable place for me to to learn about Community of Christ, to feel welcome, to feel that community, really. It also was a great way to be introduced to the Enduring Principles, to the Worth of Souls, to any anytime you're transitioning between faiths or doing things like that, you have a whole new set of terms to learn about and you have a whole new set of concepts that, and, and even though there's definitely a lot in common between community of Christ or our LDS and the LDS faith, at least back in Kirtland and a little bit in Nauvoo, it was amazing how different things were described in different ways. And, and I found that the project sign podcast did a great job with that. So that's, Kind of in a nutshell, the story of my faith transition of what brought me to the community of Christ. And I have been happy. I do have to drive a ways to, to reach some of the congregations. I, I still visit St. George from time to time. Um, last month's been particularly difficult for me. And on weekends when the house church in Orem hasn't met, I've actually gone down to St. George and have enjoyed having just as much community and just as much love and fellowship from that group as well. What then? And I, I'm just wondering, as you talk about your transition and listening to the podcast and finding the Project Zion podcast, what brought you to the point where you decided to request a podcast on the liturgical calendar that would not have been a part of your LDS upbringing? So what brought that about? Sure. So as I started going to house church up in Orem, uh, Carla Long is one of the pastors there. And and I recognized Carla from the podcast. One week, Brittany Mangelson came and visited our congregation from the Salt Lake congregation. And I started putting faces with these names that I knew. And, and when I met Carla, I said, Carla, I do have one strange question. And having lived in the South, I know that there's this thing called Lent. And, and this was probably around the November, December time frame. So I knew it was coming. And And in St. George on the Facebook group, they would talk about Advent. And I couldn't tell you what that meant other than something was coming and I assumed it was the birth of the Savior but anyway I I asked Carla I said 
coming from an LDS background, I just don't understand. I didn't know to call it the liturgical calendar, for example. I just don't understand what Lent is. I don't understand what Advent is and, and what these different processes, seasons. I knew that just from movies and pop culture that Jesus had fasted in the wilderness. Well, I knew that from the Bible, but I knew that, that there were some faiths that do things. And then living in the South, during Lent, it was there was just so much happening at some of those those different churches in the Bible Belt. Nashville's the buckle of the Bible Belt, and they would have a lawn full of crosses and all these things that that I just really I just had no clue. And and so I asked Carla about it, and Carla says, "Well, I know an expert," and that's when you started doing the common grounds, and it's been wonderful for me. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I'm not an expert. I am, however, enamored by learning. And when I first encountered the liturgical calendar, like you, I wanted to learn more about it. And and I have really um, learned to live the seasons and holy days of the calendar in my own life. And you've talked a little bit about um, what it means to try to put your spiritual life back together um, Mm -hmm. after feeling um, that you didn't have that during your faith transition. So does the liturgical calendar and learning about the seasons and holy days, does that affect that putting back together of your spiritual life? Very very much so. And and I think the one thing I didn't understand until I started regularly attending house church was that the services follow a liturgical calendar, that there's actually a set of lessons almost and manuals. And and so there was one one week when I noticed that the St. George congregation and the Orem House Church were having very similar discussions. And, and I was able to, I think it was Blair White, who's one of the other pastors in Salt Lake, had said, well, we use this calendar and we use, you can find it anywhere. And so I did go online and I found, I think it was an Episcopalian one, but it was great because I, I, and I've always been impressed that the Church of the Community of Christ is ecumenical. And I'm starting to, it's just so different to live in a world where I can embrace other faiths and embrace the love and the good that everybody has and not have to be so snarky towards them, if you will. Uh, but, but I was just amazed that, that I could look at all these other churches and see that this was a very similar study schedule. And as I started looking at that a little bit closer and following it through the year, it dawned on me that, that this is kind of our way of understanding Christ's life by looking at it through his life a week at a time. And, and I've never, ever in my life studied that way. Even as an LDS missionary, I had a study guide that was very topically oriented and based on gospel principles and was you know based on a very set thing. But, but I never followed along with Christ on the journey, if you will. And... I've really found the the model and this type of a an experience to to be both lead me closer to Christ and leading me closer to following him and feel closer to him by experiencing things with him, but also by being able to do it with other people in my community or in the other face around me as well. And suddenly some of those messages and, and in Penguins there's 
only maybe one. There's a Catholic church and a Baptist church, but but as I travel up to Provo, I pass some other churches, especially if I go the back way through some of the small towns. But it's neat to see that the messages on the marquee actually can mean something to my faith as well, even if it's on someone else's church marquee. And, and I've really enjoyed that. So in Community of Christ, obviously community is in the name of Community of Christ, and we talk about um, living our discipleship in community. But you make an excellent point that this living our discipleship when we immerse ourselves in the calendar is the greater story, the greater Christian community, and we recognize our place in that greater picture of disciples. So as you've observed this and participated in it, it sounds like it's been very refreshing to you and very meaningful in your discipleship. Is there any particular season or holy day that uh, stands out to you or that you find yourself uh, drawn to particularly? Well, You're I could tell you that. laughing or, as I said that. So <laughs> well, I laugh that because here we are in ordinary time. I know. And, and I can't think of anything uneventful as ordinary time. <laughs> uh, the, the, other, the other challenge I have is I haven't necessarily been all the way through the calendar yet. Uh, but if, if I may share with Lent, I really, I, I live in a mixed faith marriage and I really didn't want to rock my family's world. Um, one of the things I've liked about being a part of Community of Christ is that I don't feel like I have to proselyte to everyone around me. And the Community of Christ tries not to proselyte to active Mormons and move them away from their faith. And that really put me in an extra safe place. But because of that, uh, with Lent, I decided to do fasting for Lent. But I had to do something that wouldn't necessarily show off a lot, if you will. I wasn't trying to be like a Pharisee and a Sadducee. I can't remember which group it was, but I wasn't trying to do it for show. It was really for me. And so I decided to give up Oreo cookies. And I I have to tell you that I have no idea that that was a daily ritual for me. And that's not necessarily a plug for that food product or anything like that. And I doubt our podcast is in that big of a... <laughs> a circulation. Right. But, but you know, I do have to tell you that with Easter, my favorite thing is Peeps. And this season, they introduced Oreo cookies with Peeps frosting. And I was just like, I don't think I'll ever get to try these because they pulled them from the shelves today after Easter. And I was, it was very refreshing as I listened to the episode on Lent that I actually learned that the Sundays were days that you break the fast. And so, <laughs> Every Sunday, I had the peeps with the Oreo, the Oreos with the peep frosting in them, and it was amazing what type of a spiritual impact. Because I really had a chance. I had those God moments almost every day when I looked in the pantry after dinner and went to grab my Oreos, and and I did substitute other non-Oreo cookies. It was a pretty specific fast. It wasn't cookies. I can't give up sugar. I'd probably wither away because I'm so attuned to it, <laughs> but it, it turned out to be a wonderful spiritual experience for me. And so I'm going to say that up to this point, speaking from a spiritual perspective, I really gained a lot from Lent. And, and even when I had my Oreos after dinner tonight, I, I still reflected back on that it's not one of those seasons where I need to give something up right now. So you talked a little bit about the fact that each uh, week, 
we're following the, the life and ministry of Jesus. And those scriptures that we use each week are part of the lectionary, and the calendar <laughs> follows that story as we go through. And it's a three-year cycle of scripture, but each year we go through the same calendar. We'll go through Matthew and Mark and Luke, and then we get um, a little bit of John as well. But each gospel writer tells the story of Jesus a little bit differently, just like each of us um, respond to it as we hear it a little differently. So as you've begun to experience this, and I love your Oreo Peeps story for <laughs> Lent, um, you are in a mixed faith uh, marriage. So have you talked to your family at all about what this means for you, this um, experiencing the liturgical calendar in this way? You know what? I haven't really had a chance to go through that too much. I, I did have a unique experience because with where I work at the school and my kids go to school, we were on the same schedule and we were able to go up to Salt Lake for spring break. And it was the natural time. I did My kids know I'm going to another church, but they knew nothing about it. And so I did have the opportunity for my wife and kids to join with Easter. And, and it was a very different experience for them because there was breakfast before and then a one-hour worship service, and then an Easter egg hunt afterwards. And, and that got me off the hook for so many things that we had missed in our hometown, be it out of town that week, <laughs> which was great. But it did give my kids a whole different view of Easter coming more from the lectionary and coming more from the community of Christ perspective. It was definitely a much more energetic and exciting service than my kids or even I were used to. So I'm wondering, um, as we move into Advent, if you'll need to take another family vacation and head up to, um, to Salt Lake for a week <laughs> in there to experience some of that as well. So, <laughs> you know, that's a great idea. So when you when you look ahead at what's coming, you said you had looked at the calendar online, and you're familiar with what the seasons are. Are you um, anticipating or curious about any particular season or holy day that's coming up? Well, I, I'm interested to see uh, what's taught and how things are learned on Pentecost. I I'm interested to experience Advent through the lectionary and and see it from a different perspective. And I, I'm still just trying to get my head around it, too. It is something that is so different from the way I was raised and, and really the culture and traditions of my former faith. And, and I find that it's wonderful to have new cultures and exciting traditions to embrace, and especially ones that, are, that feel so hands-on and, and put me in the story in certain ways. So, liturgical calendar, as well as having uh, following the lectionary and having a scriptural foundation, the calendar also has symbolism. Each season has symbols associated with it and colors associated with it. In Community of Christ Sings, you'll see that the seasons have particular hymns um, that are sung. There are Advent hymns and Lenten hymns and uh, there's so many different ways to experience it. If you were going to, since you work for a school system, if you were going to plan, um, an, let's say, an Advent service, how would you describe that to kids who had never experienced anything like that before? 
Well, and, and again, I'm I'm still pretty new to this, so so you're going to get the new person's perspective and Absolutely. learning it from scratch, which is probably how kids would learn it as well. But but I do think that um, it would be important to go back and and show how it reflects Jesus's life and show how that the like you said there are symbols and colors, which are definitely things that little kids can can relate to, especially when they're younger covers can be so much more exciting and vibrant than us old folks. But I, I think the other real essence with this is, is to use it to teach them how they can live Christ's life in their life as well. Uh, I know in the LDS faith, they call it, I'm trying to be like Jesus, but, but actually think about specific events and those types of things. And I think that, it can be very powerful for kids to act things out as well in, in you know, a role-playing or an imaginary type environment. And, of course, you always have the pictures at the end of the lesson they can color and those types of things, too. At least that's a tradition I'm quite familiar with. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Jason, we really appreciate that you are willing to have this conversation about the liturgical calendar mm-hmm. and particularly um, why you had requested these, the podcast series. Um, about it. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about um, how the calendar and and perhaps even the rest of the Project Zion podcast has affected your faith journey thus far? Sure. Um, the The calendar is helping me rebuild my my spirituality with with taking a look through a new lens and and really a new focus. the The Project Zion podcast I've appreciated because. It's, it's not just a bunch of online sermons or a bunch of world conference talks or things like I probably would have seen from at least the mainstream LDS church, but it's actually very personal. It, it, it brings people into it and shares their stories. It was great to learn you know, about Josh and Brittany Mangelson and, and the Pomeroys and so many other people that, I, that I've met. Uh, it, the podcast sign, the Project Sign podcast also, I've enjoyed the spiritual formation series that they've been doing. And... The church has become something that's not this set of agenda that that has to follow everything in this exact order, which is very structured and what I'm so used to. And and it's been neat to experiencing instead of an opening prayer and opening meditation, it's it's been exciting to really branch out into all different types of ways. And uh, although. I can't think of the lady in Minnesota who's the who's going through divinity school at the Lutheran Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fun to have Katie, Katie Langston. It's really nice to have Katie's perspective on things as well because she's been a seeker before and she's kind of gone in a little different direction. But yet, since this is an ecumenical experience, it's been wonderful to have her bring on and and have sometimes she'll take recorded sermons or things that she's learned in her experience and bring to the Project Zion podcast as well. And I've enjoyed that that it's not just one little focus, but it's a rounded ecumenical experience. So, Jason, I feel really grateful to be a little bit uh, connected to your journey as you continue in your own uh, discipleship and your formation and your connection with the divine. And we look forward to more conversations as you complete your first uh, full cycle of the liturgical calendar. Maybe we can come back and revisit and see how that went for you and, and where you are then. 
That would be wonderful. So, again, I want to thank you for your time and for requesting a series on the liturgical calendar. And I'm Karen Peter. I've been talking with Jason Eyre. This is Common Grounds, part of the Project Zion podcast, and we thank you for listening. The views expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official views of the Latter-day Seekers team or of Community of Christ. The music has been provided by Ben Howington. You can find his music at mormonguitar.com.